Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Ryan Kelly, morning after. On KPNT HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. You are welcome to participate in the program by texting in the EDF group text inbox or by emailing in for our design air heating and cooling email today or doing what Doug's favorite caller, Timmy the Tickler, did. He's not my favorite. He's a weasel. Uh, and that is calling in 636-9004-TMA uh, and be a friend of the feather. That's how you can do it. I was connecting uh, listeners with sponsors during the commercial break. Uh, one wanted to work with uh, the appliance discounters. One wanted to work with Jamie Burkhardt. Well, really? Mungana, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. There I figured they were contacting you to invite you to their pool party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what's supposed to be happening. How come we didn't get invited to any pool parties? How much would it cost you, or what would you charge, if a listener said, please come to our pool party, you must wear a thong the whole time you're there? Mm. $150 an hour. That's the, I think that's the going rate. 150 an hour? I think that, yeah. And you'd parade around a little bit? I mean, if you get into hour two. Yeah. Yeah, who knows what might happen. Drinks. Yeah, it's up for snatch grabs is what I would call it. It's our 8 o'clock hour here on the Ryan Kelly morning after. Uh, Michelob Ultra, sponsor of our studios. 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbohydrates. And the sponsor of the J. Randolph Jr. Fan Page Club Championship. Text in EDF Group. Text in box 314-881-TMA5. 314-881-TMA5. Listeners are kind of fighting with each other today mm-hmm. in this EDF Group. Text in box. Engineer Design Facilities. Moving forward as the EDF Group, the most experienced data center and critical facility service provider in the St. Louis market. Check out the newly revamped website, theedfgroup.com, and take a look at each of the three divisions they have to offer. EDF Group is your one throat to choke for all your critical facilities, data center, commercial fire alarm, and electrical and IT infrastructure needs. To contact the EDF Group, email fire at theedfgroup.com. Experience the EDF Group difference and learn more at theedfgroup.com. That is how you can get involved in the program, texting in, and you can become the Milagro Tequila Lister of the Month by going to tmastl.com and applying to be the TMA Listener of the Month for the month of July. There you go. Doug, uh, Katie Wu. Woo, woo, woo. Kenny Wu. No, 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 no. Katie Wu. That's right. Okay. Uh, With two surprising reports yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, The first one, that the Cardinals are not looking to trade Tyler O'Neill. Paul Hawk, I just heard you like... Snickered. Dumb. Uh-oh. Well, if his value is so low right now that you can't get anything for him, you might as well hang on to him. But your value to Dylan Carlson is just depleting with him being on the roster. So you almost just want to get rid of him to make a move if Dylan Carlson's going to be the guy. 
they have to choose who's going to be the guy. I think that's the problem. Perhaps uh, they think uh, O'Neill's the guy over Carlson. With the Cardinals sure to sell at this trade deadline, John Mazalak will entertain offers on nearly everybody on his roster. O'Neill, a Scott Boris client uh, who will be a first-time free agent after the 24 season, would be a logical player to be moved. The Cardinals have a crowded outfield, and the likelihood they can retain O'Neill long-term remains to be seen. But his lengthy injury history, especially this year, has significantly lowered the value of O'Neill's hypothetical trade return. And Mazalak, who is looking to field the competitive team for 24, isn't selling off talent just for the sake of doing so. With the Cardinals all but mathematically out of playoff contention, St. Louis is planning to hold on to O'Neill at the trade deadline, according to multiple sources. The Cardinals aren't looking to move him, barring a contending team taking a gamble on O'Neill's ceiling and buying high. The Cardinals will again look to find a happy medium in which O'Neill, a routine-oriented player, can find consistent playing time, which also ensuring him he gets the rest he needs to remain healthy and on the field. Um, so that was reported yesterday afternoon, and then a couple of hours later, Katie Wu, Doug. Woo, 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 Kenny Woo. Had another report on the Cardinals uh, from league sources, and uh, this one with uh, regards to Jordan Hicks. With one re- week remaining until the August 1st trade deadline, the Cardinals remain committed to selling but not rebuilding. The latest evidence, the team is exploring a multi-year extension with prized right-handed reliever Jordan Hicks, who is... Now, Iggy made a sell. What, what was that noise, Iggy? Well, these are guys that we thought for sure were probably gone, and now they're locking them up. Yeah, untouchables. Who is set to be a free agent at the end of the 2023 season, according to multiple league sources. Uh, Hicks will turn 27 in September, and previously expressed a desire to remain in St. Louis, was set to be one of the most coveted relief arms this deadline due to his triple-digit velocity and wipeout slider. Since taking over closing duties for St. Louis, he has a 2.03 ERA and converted eight of nine save opportunities. Uh, John Mazalak, Mike Gersh, and Randy Flores are with the team in Phoenix uh, for the series against the Diamondbacks, and Hicks representatives are also in Phoenix, and the belief is that an extension could be finalized within the next day. If a deal cannot be reached, the Cardinals would almost certainly trade Hicks by the deadline. Oh. Uh, so, uh, well, both those stories had the qualifiers of Hicks. Well, if they can't reach a deal, they'll trade him. And O'Neill, well, if they're blown away by a deal, they'll trade him. If this is kind of how the <clears throat> deadline starts, oh no, it's bad. <laughs> Well, Hicks isn't—he's not a saving grace type he's of guy. Wipeout slider. Okay. Well, that that bullpen need completely redone, and I don't think throwing whatever forty, fifty million dollars on a contract for Jordan Hicks is even remotely smart spending. Well, we have seen relievers come and go rather quickly. Yes. Where they, they one year they're really good, and the next year they've got nothing. Ryan Housley three you years to, ago wasn't anything, and then now he, he right. was our closer. He got hurt, and now all of a sudden we're about to play another guy to be our closer. Like, every year you can find one. So stop paying stupid. Like Just stop. But when you have the worst bullpen in the league, you got to do something. But he's a part of that bullpen, and I realize he's having a good year, but like paying him extra money so you have less money to spend on the other pieces of your bullpen helps out how. <clears throat> it doesn't. Like, like. You're you're wasting money at that point. He's been good in spurts, and he's been awful in spurts. Yeah. They probably think that he's got it figured out now. He's right in his prime. They're going to get two or three really good years, possibly fantastic years out of this guy. And they got to rebuild the bullpen anyway. 
Why not? Why not start with a guy who throws 100 miles an hour? Because they have a lot bigger needs than paying him. Keeping O'Neill is so funny. Like, I actually hope all this happens. No, no major trade. <laughs> they keep a bunch of people. But just you a bunch make, of rotating everyday men in the outfield. You could make a goal. pretty good a pretty good argument that if they just had a decent bullpen, they'd be right there. They'd be right there. Twenty four blown saves. Doug, did you see Derek Gould's tweet last I night? I did. I did mm-hmm. see it. Uh, this would be the Cardinals' record if instead of twenty four, they had as many blown saves as the Reds. Fifteen blown saves. They uh-huh. would be fifty four and forty eight. The Brewers, thirteen blown saves. They'd be fifty six and forty six. The Pirates. 12 blown saves, 57 and 45. The Cubs, 9 blown saves, 60 and 42. Instead, they are 45 and 57. For the record, 56 and 47 leads the division. A blown season. Right. But again, like, you can cherry pick that. Have they ruined some teams of blown save that the Cardinals have been on the other, the other end of? That you could reverse that? If you, do, if you do this math for every team, then you're talking about less win for the Cardinals because they, you know, hit a team that was trying to save the game, so they blew that save. Like, yeah. I, I but that would count against games. that would count against the blown saves that he it, just It's cited. a fun number. To, this is a terrible team. It's a fun number to, you know, look at and go, oh, the, there's a lot more reason than the, the 24 blown saves. It's manager. It, it's roster construction. It's the, the lineup. It's everything. Well, the, you know, the season has not gone well. If that, they, that's if the understatement of the year. But if you're looking for something that you absolutely positively have to fix, it's the bullpen. So would you be the offense is kind of okay? Would you be fine this free this this at the deadline just trading for two middle relievers and telling the fans that look, it's a one-off season. We had 24 blown saves. The team's in it next year. You'll be fine with that? Like, no, you need to do more. But the one thing you well, absolutely... you have a tweet explaining that you don't need to do anything, but just kind of get a couple more bullpen arms, and you're right there in it. They, that's why these tweets and these numbers are just a dangerous precedent to set. Where's because my this evidence? team is bad, and the it, like you can cherry it's, a, it's the analytics of baseball that absolutely kill me. It's these random numbers that you can throw out there, but in general, we're well, we we need way more than just middle relief bullpen help. But that tweet thinks we oh, that's all we need, and. It's just so well, bad. Well, I don't know it's that he so said. Bad. I don't know that he said that's all they need. I think they're just saying this is one stat that what a difference the year, uh, uh, the season would have been had they had a decent bullpen. It's not saying this is the only thing they need to fix, and you want them to spend more money. Now they're talking about spending more money to hang on to a reliever who's in his prime, throwing 100 miles an hour. For that, the record, I just wanted on the record that I am skeptical of uh, of what has transpired with regards to the Cardinals slash league sources uh, because this is an organization that prides itself on not having any leaks, which they're pretty good at. That's one thing I think people, uh, at least if you monitor this stuff, would acknowledge that they are pretty good at not having leaks. And to telegraph that they are working on an extension with Jordan Hicks, from my standpoint, could be an indication that they are trying to extract as much as they possibly can from a trade partner and say, okay, well, if you're not going to give us this, then we're just going to sign him to a deal. Because I would think Hicks, considering the lack of quality relievers out there, would be a a desired trade commodity. And if uh, that is indeed the case, then the Cardinals would be more than happy to part ways with him. Um, And so that is what stands out to me. The O'Neill one does make sense from the standpoint that 
if you're not going to get anything of value, then whatever. But again, this is an organization that doesn't usually telegraph these things, and they had two reports from, quote-unquote, league sources uh, telegraphing what they were planning on doing six days short of the trade deadline. It just strikes me as awfully coincidental. Thank you. God bless America. So based on these reports, you expect him to trade both of them by noon today. <laughs> I, I just, it, just, it just struck me as odd for the way the organization has historically done business, but at the same time, the organization knows it needs to change the way it does its baseball business, so maybe this is their new way of doing business, and they actually will keep both of them. It would, it would, it would surprise me, in, in part because of Hicks's injury history, to lock him in. I get what he's doing right now. But that isn't the way that you necessarily analyze a, a long-term contract with somebody who has that kind of injury history. If anything, now is the time to move him because his value is at a peak. And then you're getting return uh, from somebody who could, uh, you know, I realize any player can get hurt, but who somebody has an injury history that this is, this is the time where uh, to sell the stock, so to speak. So that's how I observe it. I don't get the Tyrone O'Neill thing. He's a, just an, he's a walking... Injury. I mean, it, it's well. If you're not going to get anything, though, that that's that that I actually understand. Now, again, that doesn't mean that that is real either. I I, I look at trade reports so cynically uh, at this time of year because I think reporters and I was watching Ken Rosenthal's show on Monday or Tuesday, and he was talking about how uh, reporters can be used as essentially devices to be uh, you know reporting things that aren't real but to be mouthpieces for organizations, unwitting mouthpieces for mm-hmm. organizations to try to uh, drum up interest from other teams or get a, a larger deal, uh, whether it be financial or as far as return in the organization. So they're using reporters for fake news. Yes, which goes on in everything. In everything, yeah. <laughs> Most, much of what we see. Right. Now, yes. I will say. Katie, I've been on the receiving end of that. Katie, five years. Katie Me too. I'm listened. coming back full-time to Channel 4. Mm. Mm. Katie, we <laughs> might have listened to the Springfield interview yesterday when I did say the people that I thought were available, I said, but some of these people like O'Neill and Carlson, what are you going to get for them? You know, why do it if you're just going to get more trash? It's not worth it. Well, that's a good point. Trash. That's well, kind of harsh. no, but I mean, what are you going to get for Tyler O'Neill? Somebody better than Tyler O'Neill? Organization give you somebody better than uh-huh. Tyler O'Neill or double-A you know, their 35th prospect in the Minnesota Twins organization? And would they, would they even play for a, a team contending? Well, they need, they do need pitching. They need pitching, pitching, and more pitching. It seems like they got to redo almost the entire bullpen. And, what, two, two, three-fifths of their starting rotation. So whatever it takes to bolster the pitching staff for next year, you're just going to have to do it. And the, one of the issues with the bullpen is that the starting staff then stresses the bullpen and there is a chain reaction to that because it can start in April and it did. And then it stresses the bullpen Mm -hmm. and that continues until you get a break. They had the rare two day break in in May. And then of course the all-star break. But oftentimes when you're looking at a bullpen's issues, you 
have to look at it in the whole full context, which would then be the starting staff. So in other words, you don't have a starting staff that's going seven innings and then handing it over to an eighth inning guy and a ninth inning guy. More often than not, you have a bullpen that's stressed and then not necessarily having consistent roles. I mean, Hicks wasn't the closer at the start of the year. And so the damage that's done in late March and April can compound and then have impact on on May and June. And sometimes the stress comes from the manager for taking pitchers out who are working yeah. on five-hit shutouts. Your bullpen's already stressed, so let's, let's take a guy out who hadn't pitched much in the last month and a half because we're worried about pitch counts. Even though he's working on a shutout, let's take him out and bring in a weary bullpen. Look at our manager. You surprised by anything that he does? He's terrible. Hot take. Hot, <laughs> hot take. And it's not a sure thing last night, but if you let him go one more inning, I mean, he's five-hit shutout, then you can go to Gallegos and Hicks for your eight, nine guys. But he doesn't. Pulls them, and then you got to go with that yeah, tremendous duo of JoJo Romero and Stratton again. Yeah, it's bothered me the whole year why why they take guys out. It, was I mean, it happens all over baseball. It's not just the Cardinals, but they do it. we got guys working on no-hitters get taken out of games now. Wasn't our Montgomery start earlier in the year where he had, I think, a two-hit shutout going, and they pulled him in the sixth? And he only thrown like 88 pitches. What they did with Quintana last year in the playoffs. Cost him the game. You still lost all credibility in Springfield yesterday when you called him Mark Gersh. You are a poor man's Ned Reynolds, Ken. That's from Bluff uh, Wonder, Tom Draven. Oh. Did you say that on air? I think I said Gersh. I don't know. Oh, I, Mark, hope, I, I hope you said Mark. Well, maybe or I did. Lopez, the audio from we can Reynolds. get that audio. Oh, you can find it. I'm sure it's it's just like everybody else that really doesn't know who he is. You don't see yourself as a poor man's Ned Reynolds, though, do you? No. Imagine Gersh sitting, <laughs> out, sitting at night, 1030, he's about to go to bed, and gets a text from Mo, the coffee orders for the next day. Oh, for heaven's sake. Got to be pretty... Damning. Uh, I agree. Katie Wu is definitely getting her story ideas by listening to a shriveled orange testicle who doesn't watch Cardinal games pontificate on an Ozarks radio station. That's from the Austin Oligarch. Yeah, I was kidding, by the way. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. I did a sports radio thing for my HD2 book report. Let me tell you about it. Sure. Mm. I say go on with Ned Reynolds and Springfield as a bit, but I actually read more than the box score for five minutes, eating into my usual meat-beating time and oh. threw a few names out there to him that should be on the trade block. That's from Carlos Spicy Weeder. Mm. Doug, is he going to the Hall of Fame? He very well may. Yeah. I think he'd be a, a TMA Hall of Fame fan, yeah. Just a fun little segment. Uh, Tim, I think this Cabrera fella could be a solid piece to have in the bullpen next year. Doug uh, Hennessy's Cabrera's first three innings in a Blue Jays uniform, three innings pitched, one hit, four strikeouts, zero walks. ZRA has dropped from 5.06 to 4.63 with three scoreless innings with the Blue Jays since the trade. Yeah, imagine that. A left-hander throwing almost 100 miles an hour. And some pitching coach said, you know what, maybe you ought to do it this way. Oh, okay, that worked. Yeah, we got a young not, not one coach... In the Cardinal organization, could get that guy turned around? Talk about raw talent. First time I saw that guy, I thought, holy smokes, this guy's going to be a big-time reliever. And he was for a while. And you always said, he'll, but he needs to be north of the border. That yeah. was your thing. I, my thought was, can we give him away, please, for a Class A catcher who can't hit? Yeah, this organization is guy you'll abs- never see again. I've yeah. never seen a stock lower than Mose Lock in this organization. I don't know who would want to play in Toronto. Who want to play in St. Louis? I'd love to play for Toronto. Toronto's got a good team. Yeah, imagine having to bow down to the Kings in St. Louis and walking through Heaven's Gates every day. It's expensive as hell. <laughs> 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 yeah. Heaven's Gates. The taxes, the taxes in Toronto are astronomical. It's a cool city, though. Yeah, it is. But I wouldn't want to live there. It's too expensive. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know that you worry if you're making a million or more a year. The town is too expensive for you. Still a lot of taxes. It is, yeah. But you'd rather pitch for Toronto than be out of the major leagues, wouldn't you? I think I'd rather be in Memphis. You've got to be kidding. You'd rather be in AAA Memphis and be in the major leagues for Toronto? It's a better product, and all of our good players are out there. I can tell you, you'd make a lot less money playing in Memphis than you would Toronto, with, <laughs> even with the taxes. No kidding. Like a we're like ungodly amount less. I go for the city. Toronto is a very cool city. It is. I almost went to work there, but I couldn't afford it. Well, but you were working on a salary of 30000 They said These guys make millions. They said that most of our producers here, they live three to four to a house. <laughs> oh, God. To make ends meet. I said, I'm not going to do that. No. No, it, it wouldn't make... It'd be a tough place to live, like New York or L.A. if you didn't make a lot of money. But if you do make a lot of money, it'd be a great place to live. I guess. I'm just talking about myself. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, interesting uh, from Derek Gould in the Post-Dispatch. Asked Tuesday for his view of the deadline Goldschmidt said if the Cardinals approached him about his no-trade clause, that would be a, quote, private conversation, end quote. Uh, he is signed through 2024 but remains focused on 2023. I want to win, and that's my goal, to win the World Series. We're definitely not giving up on this year as players. I know we're not in the position we want to be. Crazy things have happened. If we play well, we have a shot. I think that's where all of our mindsets are, trying to win tonight and to win the next day. If we can play well these last couple months, we can give ourselves a chance. Paul Goldschmidt. That's the way you got to look at it. But... Yeah, as a player, you have to say Wait, that. Wait, so they, they think they're still in it? As a player, you have to say that. Oh, no. You, what's he going to say? Yeah, we've given up. I don't really care what we do now. <laughs> you can't say that. Uh, Mazalak uh, to Derek Gould regarding the athletic report said, right now there's a lot of speculation, some truths, some falsities. It puts me in an awkward position to have to respond to all of it. Yeah. Aw. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aw, <laughs> you have to no. do a job? No. Uh-oh. Poor guy. Why don't you talk to Gersh? He's the GM. Oh, oh he, he can't. Pu- he's not good in public speaking, I don't think. Jackson. What's up, King? Doing. What's your stock seven iron carry? You compressing? Thanks. That's from the bastard James Hunt. Oh, not compressing. Buck fifty. No you carry buck fifty? Yeah, I can carry buck fifty, but it's not going any further. That's, that's certainly a, that's not compressing. Surprising to me. I don't compress the ball either, and I hit my seven iron one fifty. Oh, I don't know that you do. If I am one fifty, I hit a seven iron. I don't know. Maybe you used to. I don't have to tell you. It's a real problem. Really affect. I could really drop a lot of shots, but a less. Doug by stock in this guy. Uh, he's, yeah. coming. he's down to an eight, too. Average player, and Jackson's now better than an average player. The average player needs to get every bit of a seven iron to hit a 150. I just, yeah, it's, uh, I'm down to an eight, but I'm, I'm exposed for if we're playing from a further back tee box. Even I've, I've been playing tees further back recently and still not shooting like above an 87 or 88. You could probably play in a 3M this week. You should have Monday qualified. No. This Do field. they have a lot of guys shooting 13, 14 over? You might. No, not for me. But, yeah, buck 50 for the 7-iron. And then, like, 6-iron, one, one, 160. Yeah. Nice. Most, most people don't use enough club. Most people come up short. Well, Doug, Michael Wellington is listening to the show, and he says, let's get Iggy on the track, man. Sounds like he is skeptical of the numbers that he is hearing. <laughs> you got to really hit a 7-iron to get it 150. You got to hit perfect. I just, 
the last time I played Normandy, I hit it to the one hole one, hit it to the 150 marker, seven iron, front of the green. Nice, well, nice shot. That <laughs> was, because I'm hardly, I'm hardly ever on that green in two. I don't care where I am. I can bomb a drive to the bottom of the hill, and I'll shank a wedge somewhere. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that's, that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> no, I just said I'm, I'm surprised because Jackson hits the ball further than I do, but he, we hit our seven irons the same distance. My favorite part of the show is when someone finally sends in a text about Jackson and Grandpa Whistlesnoot has a hijacked conversation and shockingly making himself about himself. Tim, Tim, I also play golf and I started watching it again when you did. Thanks. That's mm. from Big Tuft. Oh. I think I've been watching golf longer than Tim because there was a time Tim didn't watch golf. Uh, Wellington said front of the green would be 135 yards, 700. Maybe didn't catch it all. <sighs> How do you know where the pin was? Maybe the pin was in front. And I, I don't, shot don't know. The pin. We just don't know. I always I always shoot to the pin. So I had 150 to the pin. I came up short. The pin must have been in front. 130, 135 sounds about right for you. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry I brought it up. It'll be a next challenge at Lemmings Open. Can Iggy hit a 7-iron 150? Well, you know, I don't know. Iggy, is that 150 to the center or 150 to the front on a 50-yard green? That's from Kevin's brother, Jack, and then his last name is Demo. He knew those were coming. Oh, I'll never live that down. And every day I walk in here, it's on the video up there. There's there's like two videos on that thing. It's me and Plowsy running and me chipping balls. I look good. That tube I, sock tied around my forehead. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. I go down to smoke. There I am chipping. I come back up. There's Plowsy running. Go down and smoke. There I am chipping. Okay. Illinois Recovery Center is the new premier inpatient substance abuse facility in sick Swansea, weed. Illinois. It is sick weed. Uh, when it comes to the disease of addiction, getting help should not be as difficult as it currently is. The Illinois Recovery Center's mission is to be the receiving hand in the community when someone seeks help. The IRC delivers a comprehensive system of care that welcomes both the individual struggling and family alike. If you or someone you know wants to learn about the Illinois Recovery Center, please call 888-472-9559 or email info at IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. That's the Illinois Recovery Center. Uh, brand new, open in Swansea. I visited the facility. It is incredibly impressive. It's like a college campus over there. So check it out at IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. If you are in the market for a new home or you are looking to sell a home, I would like to recommend Jeff Lotman of Lotman Realty, jefflotman.com. He's with Compass Realty, and uh, he has connections both outside of St. Louis and inside of St. Louis. Ah, yes. Ah, yes, St. Louis. That's correct. Uh, it's a luxury experience, and a luxury experience isn't about a price point. It's about the caliber of service you get, and that's why he has joined Compass to be able to give his clients that luxury experience as Compass is the largest luxury broker in the game. Go to J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com. Jeff Lottman.com. New sponsor here on TMA, longtime TMA listener. Jeff Lottman.com. If you are looking to buy a home, if you are looking to sell a home, Jeff Lottman has the contacts, and they did a feature on him in the Wall Street Journal recently for selling the most expensive home in St. Louis real estate history, but it's not all about price point for him. He just has the context. And sometimes you look at a house and you find out, oh, it's going on the market. Well, real estate agents who have the connections like Jeff, who've been doing it for 22 years, are the ones who are going to be able to help you out and get that process done for you. It's Jeff Lottman at jefflottman.com. 
Com. Looking for a delicious treat? I would like to recommend Heavy Smoke. Heavy Smoke and Chris Schaefer, who is a three-time world champion uh, barbecue competitor. HeavySmoke.com, located at I-70 in the Cave Springs exit in St. Peter's. I went out there and had a delicious treat. Iggy, you had the treat. What did you like that, that uh, Chris brought in? Uh, it's uh, brisket, like a brisket burrito, a brisket egg roll. Yeah. Philly cheesesteak as uh, a, a egg roll is one of their signature dishes. There, the sides are homemade. The meat is the most succulent, slow cooked, perfect party your mouth has ever experienced. Did you say succulent? That's right. Do you like that word? I don't mind it. Yeah. I love the word succulent. Yeah. How about moist? No, I hate that word. Oh. There you go. Homemade sides. He's a barbecuing genius. Chris is catering. Get it. Get your uh, parties catered from Heavy Smoke. Heavy Smoke BBQ. Dot com. That's Chris Schaefer and Heavy Smoke BBQ. Dot com and think, think about, about it. it. Uh, I always think of meat when I hear succulent. I don't know why. Uh, Tim, are you getting cocked? Eye emoji. That's from the Hunchback of Castle. Oh, and it's a screenshot of Anna Marie wishing Iggy a happy birthday that says happy birthday, kiddo. Uh-oh. With kissy emojis and the Jamaican flag. Doug, oh. am I being cocked? No, it's just your wife being a nice person. It sounds like they're going <laughs> to meet up in Jamaica, maybe in a grill. Is that what's going on? Yeah. It's cold of some kind. Yes, and the birthday is done. Well, Damn. it was posted 10 hours ago, according to the screen. Oh, I know. I saw that yesterday, but um, no more today. Happy belated. That's You missed it. That's it. Oh, oh come so, on. What if someone just didn't know? I mean, it's not like it's a national holiday or anything. Should have known. Why? What if they just, what if it slipped their mind? They got busy or they, isn't it better to say happy belated birthday than nothing at all? Good one, question. One day. That's what you get one day. Well, about two days. No, two days is too long. Why? Just like New Year's. January 2nd, January 3rd, okay. You but get everybody to, you knows get to January when New Year's. 8th and they say, Happy New Year. No, you're late. Everyone knows when New Year's is. Everyone doesn't know when your birthday I is. I still give it a day. I mean, I'm not going to ignore it, but a day is, is the limit. Two days later, oh, happy belated. I missed your birthday two days ago. No. That doesn't count, though. You'd be upset with the person? I won't be upset, but just. You'd, you'd ghost them. No, I'm just saying one day is enough. Doug, uh, okay. B- you know Biff Pogey? I know Biff. No, this is Biff Pogey, though. No. He is the head coach of the Charlotte 49ers, and he is not happy at media day. Yeah, take a listen. Any other questions for Coach? That's it? Three questions? Maybe right, that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. <laughs> so that that we, we get that message. Thank you. Oh. He's happy yeah, nobody wants to talk nice to him. nice guy. Doug, that's Biff Pogey. Yeah. I bet they get <laughs> train wrecked this year. <laughs> and the way he stormed off makes it sound like we're going to show you. We're going to come back and win this darn thing. Well, even Kirby Smart said everybody doubted us last year as they were winning the national championship, yeah, even though yeah. they were number one. Well, that, needs, that, that needs to stop. <laughs> there are times, and I've been there in the media rooms, where you just really don't have any questions and you're afraid if you ask a stupid one the coach is going to start screaming at you you don't know what that you don't know much about the team you don't have a decent question so you just kind of sit there and feel like you haven't done your job which would be accurate but still it's a very uncomfortable feeling for yourself and for the person up there to be interviewed i'm pretty sure at the pga championship i know i asked a question to tiger but i think i waited for somebody else to go and nobody said anything so i kind of blurted my question out i got the microphone it's like nobody wanted to talk what was your question? I I think it had to do with uh, there's a lot of right to left shots in that course, a lot of dog leg lefts, and that does that 
not favor him because he plays a cut and how's that going to go with his game and he Nice quite nice little question to start it. He said it was a nice question. He said yeah. but as wet as it's going as long as it is going to be out here I don't think it's going to matter because nobody's going to get to the dog legs anyway. You know there are just 15 ranking spots for Missouri to Charlotte in the uh, football rankings uh -oh. Uh -oh. in terms of recruiting. Uh -oh. What's Missouri ranked at? Gone recruiting. What's Missouri ranked at? Uh, 59th. 59th best in the country? Currently, yes. Oh, Lord. Charlotte is 73rd. And, and for 2024. And the SEC schools probably all make up the top 20, everyone everyone else, maybe save for Vanderbilt? Pretty much. Yeah. Doug, what about Biff Pogey? He's not happy, not happy at all. And he let the reporters know it. He did. Gave him a piece of his mind. Sent him a little message. We'll remember that. Is that what he said? We'll remember that. Yeah. Don't you think someone should have just asked who's big for you? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I used to do when I didn't know what else to ask. you think he'd be happy. Oh, great. Only three questions. I get to go. See him. Well, he was there, made the trip down there. He was anxious to talk about his squad. He wanted people to take interest in it. Nice made-up question to Tiger. Take a lap, whistle snoot. That's oh. from Mr. 63011. Oh. It's amazing that Iggy can just make up a story like that on the fly. <laughs> that's from Mr. Licks. Mm. Back to me, Steve. That's from the 618. Ah. Tim was sitting right next to me when I asked the question. You asked Tiger a question? Yeah. Is that right? I might have that stored in my phone. Boy, it's been five years since that. How about that, Doug? I wish you would, because then you can hear the question, and people won't say it was made up. Yeah. See, Did back. he say nice question, Ken, and happy birthday? God, I gotta scroll through a lot of cockpits. No, it wasn't my birthday. PGA Championship wasn't in July. No. By then, it would have been too late to to say happy birthday. Yeah, if you would have said happy birthday, I said it's much too late, Woody. Even if Tiger said that, Woody, that's what you're calling Tiger Woods now, Woody. <laughs> that's what I call him. <laughs> Anybody else call him Woody? <laughs> I saw him at the. Uh, Congressional. We were up there. I called him Woody. He remembered me from the breakfast when he came in for his clinic. Really? This is totally just a non sequitur, but it has something to do with Tiger Woods. I just heard the uh, the story of him in 2000 at Pebble when he only had one ball on the tee at 18. With him. Do you guys know the story? Yeah. He only had one ball left in his yeah, bag? because he, he took three out the night before because he was putting in his hotel, and he didn't put them back in there. So he went into the water on 18 and pulled the driver back out and was like, give me the ball. And he only had one ball left, and you'd be DQ'd if that went into the water. And he pulled the driver, and he had a beautiful shot. But Stevie Williams said it was the most nervous he's ever been on a tee box. Wouldn't that be on the caddy to not have 100%. A, enough that's golf he, balls? That's what Stevie says. Like, if this, if he, this goes out of bounds and he's DQ'd, I'm, like, walking home because it's totally on me. At that point, do you go to one of the other caddies and say, hey, can you slip me a couple of golf balls? I don't know if that's legal. Yeah, I don't, you can't, I don't think. Yeah, you can go reload after the round because that, he was just continuing his second round. Uh, it was a Saturday morning, but yeah, that is uh, that would be so scary if Tiger Woods is putting together like the round of his life and he might be DQ'd. Yeah, that's I never heard that story until last night, and it was crazy to me. Pretty severe case of caddy malpractice if you don't have enough golf balls to get right. the pro through it, yeah. lugging this huge bag with no balls in it. <laughs> right. There was a time when. Jay Williamson and his caddy got into a huge argument argument during a round. And his caddy started kicking his golf bag and started taking stuff out of his bag and throwing it in the lake. Nice. And he started taking his balls and throwing them in the lake, mm. and J.W. had to go over there and run over so he didn't run out of balls. The caddy did the that? caddy just throwing stuff out of his Why bag. Why would he do that? And they got into an argument. And I think J.W. just grabbed somebody out of the crowd for the last however many holes were left. It's like Cheech in a tin cup. Well, what kind of tantrum is that for the pro, the guy... 
who's your boss, is unhappy with you, so you start throwing his equipment into the into a lake. Yeah, you started throwing stuff from the bag, balls and towels, I think. Good Lord, boy, these caddies—they're a crazy lot. They can be. Hey, Tim, while you're scrolling, can you send me some time-lapse pics of my wife's front butt? I'd like to see what kind of damage you and Wellington have done over the years. Thanks, Doug. That's from the recovering alcohol from Belleville. He hasn't recovered from a darn thing. Iggy, I do have a picture of uh, Tiger at the Media Day from 2018. I don't have the video, though. I do have a video of Spieth answering questions. No biggie. Swope will find it somewhere. I think somebody posted it somewhere. Somebody took it off the tee. They were doing this press. Golf Channel was doing the press conference, and somebody took my question. Of course. The The Tales of Commander McBride. I didn't. Somebody else grabbed it and put it on the fan page. Okay. Jeff, you want to go back, what, four years ago? No one's going to go back. Three years ago? I'm not going to. No. I'm not on the fan page. It's too much work. not doing it. But that was the gist of my question was... A lot of the holes are right to left, and Tiger plays a cut. How much How much does he cut it? Why didn't he just hit it straight? Do you think he only carries a 7-iron 150? No, I bet he hits a two ten wedge about 150. <laughs> I would ask Dustin Johnson the same question. Okay. <laughs> they all cut the ball. Why? You get more distance with a little bit of a draw. I don't know. Jack Nicholas always talked about can't win playing a right-to-left shot. He always talked about that? <laughs> why can't you win playing a right-to-left that's shot? Why he went, that's why he went to a left-to-right shot. He used to hit a he used to hit a draw. He went to a fade. Why? I don't know. I just remember. <laughs> that, I just remember. Logic. that should have been your question I, to these I guys. Why are you fading Jack the ball? Jack wasn't there. You said there's a lot of courses on the tour that you can't win playing a draw. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was always the perfect shot to get a little extra distance. Well, don't get frustrated with me. I'm just trying to figure out the answer why. I didn't say well, why the you, best players wouldn't at least you, try to hit it straight. Why don't you Google why did Jack play a cut? Maybe it'll come up. I haven't got time. Some guys like natural swing is more favorable to a cut, or some are more favorable to a draw. I feel. Like, if you're not, you just want to swing naturally, like, you might naturally have a fade, you might naturally have a draw. And it's probably just better to lean into it. Yeah, but you'd think those guys could kind of hit it however they want to hit it. I do, yeah, for sure. But if they did, you know, there'd be, golf would be real easy, but it's very difficult. That's my take. Okay, but it was good. Golf's hard. All right. I wish I could hit a draw just one time in my life. I've duck hooked it, but I've never really hit a beautiful draw. I used to. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, you knew that one coming. Mm-hmm. Of course you did. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh. I can't do it. Career slicer. I was even looking at uh, offset drivers yesterday trying to do anything to hit my driver straight. They help. I have an offset driver, but it's 30 years old. You know, I get all of it, and it goes about 180. Hey, you probably need a new driver if it's 30 years old. I did. I got a new one, and it's a you know it's a couple years old. It's a nice one, but I still hit that damn slice. I'll just control it. There you go. I'd like to. It's not that easy when you're no good. I just want to hit it straight, or heaven forbid, a slight draw like you used to hit. <laughs> it's just turning your right wrist over. I know. Doesn't work for me. You know how the saying goes. 
different strokes for different folks. Mm -hmm. And that's never truer than when talking about sex preferences. No. Whether you're vanilla in the bedroom or you like to test your limits, there's something that gets everyone going. What? And now, a sex doll website has compiled a list of the most popular kinks. Uh, Remember, we don't kink shame. I do. I most certainly do. Data provided by Joy Love Dolls and Google Search Trends found the most common kinks and fetishes around the world. And some of them might surprise you. I doubt it. From mummification. Oh. Mummification? What is that? Wrap it up in the gauze? Being wrapped like a mummy. That's what it actually says in parentheses. To CBT, which we might know as cognitive behavioral therapy, but stands for something else entirely. Oh, it's rough. But <laughs> well, we don't kink shame. That's right. I do. You might kink shame. That's uh, sadism and masochism uh, uh, gets 12 million hits a year online. Wow, hits. That goes back to like 2005. <laughs> Humiliation. And then CBT. Like we say, this is not a coping mechanism for mental health troubles, but rather stands for cock and ball torture. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that all be with BDSM? Isn't it all one thing? I don't know. This involves pain or constriction to the penis, ah. which could be in the form of genital piercing, oh. wax play, ah. genital spanking, oh. squeezing, ball busting, genital flogging, urethral play, <laughs> tickle torture, erotic electrostimulation, kneeing or kicking. Oh, no kneeing. <laughs> oh. What about the tickling torture talk? God. Mm, hot urethra play. You're going to take a, a knee to the balls and tell me you like it? Don't kink shame. What about the flogging? Oh. Uh, next up is mummification. I don't believe any of this. I don't believe any of it. You might not be aware of this fetish, but it garners around 327,000 searches per year. It's probably the same guy. It's one guy. Yeah, he's got a thing for King Tut. It involves being wrapped in head to toe, just as mummies were, and being rendered immobile for sexual gratification. Oh. Doug, that's mummification. Come on over tonight and wrap me up like I'm a mummy. I'm not going to. Tim Convy and uh, Casey from WIL just walked past my studio and looked in with such dis- disgrace. They should have. Because they, they certainly, they probably just heard cock and ball torture. This isn't playing out all over the station, is it? In the hallways and the lobby and everything? It my corporate's in death. It plays right in front of ours for some reason. Oh, Doug, here's one. Cuckolding. No, yeah. <laughs> this one may be a bit more familiar with folks. It involves watching your partner have sex or be sexual with someone else. Cuck queening refers to a female cuckold as opposed to a traditional male cuckold. You know, the traditional. Yeah, traditional. Like the masters. Yeah, the one people do on a daily basis. Iggy, do you have a problem with that definition? <laughs> no, I said that there are, there are girls like to get cucked. They like to sit on the veranda and... Veranda. Berated by the husband. It's on the veranda. Outdoor cocking? Yeah. Look, honey, she's got bigger boobs than you. You're a loser. Boy, I'll never look at a veranda this thing. Oh. Doug, what about vicrophilia? I can't imagine what that would be. Another one you might not have been aware of, and no, it's not a strong attraction to vicars? As the name might suggest, this actually refers to being turned on by other people's sexual conquests and living vicariously through them. It gets roughly 3.6 million hits per year. Nice. How do you you watch that? Uh, That's a good question. It's like some guy talking about his sexual Yeah, I mean, how how do you watch it? Wouldn't just watching any porn be that? Yeah, yeah. You're seeing somebody else. They're just making stuff up now. You think? This comes from metro.co.uk, so I don't don't think they're making anything up. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. (laughs) 
Jackson, do you trust this link? I mean, you did send it. Metro.co.uk has been just throwing absolute heat for the past six months. Nice. Just giving out really good links. They've uh, introduced us to Love Honey, uh, some other really nice... Uh, <laughs> Love Honey. Some mm. other very nice organizations that uh, do great work in the kink and fetish world, which is a world that we like to live in. Couldn't we sit around and make this stuff up, too, for a website? We don't have the expertise. Right. You don't have to have expertise. You make it up. We're the mouthpiece. Mm. In 100 years, I would have never come up with mummification. No. How about kneeing in the ball sack? Put that off. Well, I mean, that's all part of BSDM. Nice. It is? Being Letters. humiliated. That's you just know? getting injured is all that is. Putting a ball gag in and leather and getting whipped. So oh. That all ties into getting kicked in the nuts. I don't think it does. It's all sub behavior. I would pay good money to have Doug kick me in the nuts <laughs> with a steel toe boot. See, oh. Poppy. That's from Monsignor Grundle. A steel toed boot. <laughs> the mummification thing is a little odd, but I could see where people would. Sounds like try you're, it. you're kink shaming. No, I mean, I think, like, on the surface, you're like, oh, what is that? But then I think once you get more into it, it's like, ah, oh, it's not that weird. Uh, somebody just sent me a text saying they just shared the YouTube video with Iggy's question to Tiger. Yeah, it's... Uh, was that on the fan page, or is that sent into a uh, text inbox, Sent into the text inbox. Plowhawk, I can send you the link if nice. you want to get this done quickly, rather than me going and cutting the audio proper. Better be worth it. Okay, I can't, can't confirm or deny that, but I'm sending it to you right now. Well, okay. Tiger has a golf course in his uh, backyard, Doug. A whole course? Jupiter Island. Not a course, but like... Bunkers and greens and such. Yeah. Uh, and then you can be working with uh, Clubhouse Turf. It's a Celebrity Golf Greens Clubhouse Turf. Uh, in addition to tour quality Celebrity Golf Greens, Clubhouse Turf also offers a complete line of synthetic turf installations, including sport turf, playgrounds, pet turf, and lawn turf. If you have brown spots in your yard from <laughs> your pets or areas where you simply can't get the grass to grow, Clubhouse Turf has the solution. Synthetic turf is durable, easily maintained, and sustainable as it requires no mowing, trimming, watering, fertilizers, or chemicals. It's an investment that literally pays for itself. Our sports turf installations incorporate the latest technology in synthetic turf, athletic fields that can drain 50 inches an hour, and that you can also provide evaporative cooling on sweltering hot summer days. Baseball, football, soccer, lacrosse, you name it, Clubhouse Turf has the solution is Clubhouse Turf. Go to clubhouseturf.com. Check it out for yourself and let them know you're a TMA listener or call 314-834-2339. That's Clubhouse Turf. I bet I bet those lawn maintenance guys do really well in areas like where, where Tiger would live, Jupiter Island and Palm Beach. When people have so darn much money, they just say, I don't care what you have to do. Just fix the lawn. Yeah. I'm not going to do maintenance on these golf holes I have in my backyard. Just do whatever it takes to make them look good. You remember the leaf blowers? I mean, those guys, those guys killed it. Oh when yeah, I was down there. Yeah, two I, times a week. Yeah. Well, then they tried to kill you, right? When they the, did try to take me out. Yeah, if you're dealing with a bunch of billionaires who just say, "I don't care, just do what it takes." Yep. I like the way you say billionaires there. Millionaires and billionaires. 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 Mm -hmm. Tiger's nice. a billionaire by now, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think him and Jordan and maybe Floyd Money be the only three athletes who are billionaires. Maybe Ronaldo or Messi. You see, they were gonna the Saudi Arabians were gonna pay Mbappe, Mbappe a yeah. billion dollars a yeah. year to play. Seven. I asked Taylor Twelman about that yesterday on Balloon Party, and he said uh, he would take it. 
He gets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't? What? Uh, but he can't play. He's going to go to Real Madrid, mm -hmm. and he said he can't play for him for a year anyway. So go kill time and go make seven hundred fifty million dollars. That's yeah. a nice way to go kill time. Right. Don't get hurt for a year. Plus, PSG like won't play him. PFG was the name of the rap crew I was in that played uh, Crestwood right. Ma uh, Mall in the uh, food court. This is that laser tag. This is Paris. Paris Saint-Germain. You were a whale of a rapper. Thank you very much. I was kind of more of a hype man, tiny little guy, Bushwick Bill. <laughs> that was your name, Bushwick Bill? No, Bushwick Bill was a tiny little gentleman from the Ghetto Boys. Oh. That, was that Scarface? Or was that Willie D? I don't know. Am I right on that? I don't know. I see Max Homa commenting about it going, oh, this, is, this would make me want to call it football. But it's like this isn't the same thing that Lib Golf is. It's just Saudis trying to... By right. top players. They're and soccer washing. And yet it's okay in soccer. No one's saying it's okay. No Max Homa kind of seemed like, I, you know, I'd take it. No, so they're saying it's okay in basketball for China to do it, but it's not okay for Saudi Arabia to do it. It's a little different, but not much. I don't think it's any not different. Much. I would take that money. If we get in a world war, it ain't going to be with Saudi Arabia. It's going to be with China. I'd take that money, though. $700 million. Plazzi, I send you the Tiger audio. I got it. Nice. I also have uh, Buck Swope sent me the uh, Mark Gersh audio as well. Oh, so we my both, God. If you want to play both of them back-to-back, we have the ability. It's fun with audio. Look at this content. I say we take a commercial break and get better Ooh, at teasing, and then tease. we play them okay. on the other side of the break, Doug. That's second level. I'm cool thinking. with that, actually. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Uh, in an hour, Jackson and I'll get our asses ripped on 101 ESPN. You can watch it and interact in the YouTube chat, uh, and then you can also email in for our design, air, heating, and cooling email. The day coming up on the other side of this break, uh, Iggy appearing in Springfield, Missouri, <laughs> courtesy of Buck Swope. Sure oh, more. he got some. It's a 30-second clip, so I'm off to be right on the that. money. And then also we have Iggy talking it over with Tiger Woods in an exclusive one-on-one <laughs> at the 2018 PGA. Five years ago. It's all coming your way next on the Ryan Kelly Morning After from the Michelob Ultra Studios.